Excellent. Isn't it so good to be able to declare this morning of our unchanging saviour, of our secure salvation, that we are in his hand, that there is nothing that can change that, Uh, regardless of human institutions and authorities, we serve the living God, not only did we serve the living God, we are part of his family, we've been welcomed in, Uh, so I'm just thrilled just to be able to have that time to praise and to worship already together this morning. We, as Mike said, we're taking a pause on our Exiles series just for one week. We're going to come, we're going to come back to it next week. I had every intention of, of, uh, of carrying on in that series in 1 Peter. Uh, most of my preparation through the week had been focused towards doing that. But we're going to take a break. As Mike's mentioned briefly already, we're going to come back to that next week. But I don't know if anyone can relate to this. Have you ever been in a situation with, with work or something where you know you've got something to do and you come down, you come sit down to do it, and just for whatever reason, you just can't do it? Just nothing comes out. You can't arrange your thoughts, or if you've got thoughts, you can't seem to put them down on paper, or, or you write notes and then you look back and you think that makes absolutely no sense, or not at all what I'm feeling. And I've, I've had that... Uh, it doesn't happen to me too often, but I've had it sometimes, particularly when I'm coming to preach. There are some sermons that, that can come out quite a bit easier, uh, and some that are a, a bit more of a struggle. There's a, that, that time of preparation doesn't always come so easy. But there was something really different about this Friday. I sat down, it was in the office, I sat down to, to prepare uh, and put down my thoughts in terms of the one Peter stuff that we were doing. It was going to be looking at elders and eldership, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, and the reason I couldn't do it was because I felt I was really unsettled, just kind of in my being. I felt really unsettled and really burdened and weighed down. And that Friday morning, we woke up to the news that uh, that the results of the EU referendum had had been made known, and the votes had fallen in favour of the UK leaving the European Union. So I woke up, Steph told me uh, what the result had been, Uh, and then once I'd got up, I, I looked on Twitter, and it was very clear already that there was a fair amount of, let's say, discussion and debate, a lot of emotion being expressed through that, which again just led to this sense of a bit of unease uh, that I was feeling. And not only that, as I walked into town, there was, it was almost like there was this heavy, un- like an uncomfortable atmosphere just around, just around the place. Uh, even though people were kind of getting on and chatting and that kind of stuff, it just didn't quite feel, didn't quite feel right. It seemed to me, and I believe now the common feeling and what I've heard a lot of people saying, is that this feels like a nation that's divided. That's the, the prevailing thing that, that's coming through. We're in a nation that, that is divided. And I'm becoming more aware, the more reading I do, the more things I hear, is that this isn't just a division that's happened quickly. This is an expression of division that has potentially been, been happening over decades. But it's kind of the coming together of it, and now it's, had, it's got an expression. For some, this is a time of great excitement and expectation, a sense of relief. This is the way that, people, that some people think uh, the direction the country should be going in. For others, on the other hand, it's a, a time of disappointment, anger and anxiety. And you're going to have a whole host of other emotions and feelings in, in the mix of that. It's going to be affecting some to a higher degree and to a more extreme measure than to others. And I think we're seeing that a lot through the media, particularly through social media. Uh, it's eliciting some really strong emotions. Some of it, I think, is incredibly harmful and very unwise. And to the extent that I think it's gone into a, abuse, uh, which is not at all okay. And that's not on any particular 
party that is it's coming from both sides really at the extremes of both sides that's the reason why I sent out that text on, on Friday morning uh, if I had your mobile number I would have sent a text out just urging us to be wise in the way that we engage with people urging us to be wise in the way in which we use social media I'm well aware that we'll have people in this church who voted leave others would have voted to, to remain I'm perfectly happy with that Uh, And all of us will have our own response, we'll have our own thoughts, we'll have our own opinions on the result. But my concern in that moment when I set that text out wasn't in necessarily what we were were feeling so much as how are we going to express what we were feeling. I think it's good and healthy to debate and to discuss things, but actually we need to express our thoughts and opinions in a manner that is full of grace and full of respect that is godly, that fits in with the character that that the Holy Spirit is creating in us and is maturing us into. And from from most of what I've seen, uh, I'm on Twitter, and from most of what I've seen, that has generally been the case. People have been expressing themselves in a very very, uh, good way from, from what I have seen. And the other thing in my text really was perhaps the most important thing was the encouragement to pray. The best thing we can be doing at this time is praying. The results are in, it's, that's the decision has, has been made. The best thing that we can be doing is praying, is handing, over, handing this over to God. So I sent the text, I thought, okay, I've sent the text, maybe that's kind of what this feeling was, this sense of uncomfortableness. Right, let, I've sent the text, now let's sit down and work, uh, and still nothing. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't focus, I felt really agitated. Have you ever felt agitated to, just to the deepest part of you? where it just, you can't really function or, or do anything else until you deal with what's going on. So I decided actually I'm not going to sit down and prepare my sermon, I'm going to go for a walk. I spent the next two or so hours uh, going for a walk and praying. I was praying, I was expressing kind of where I was at in terms of how I was feeling with, with, the, with the result, giving that over to God. But more than that, I was praying for us as a church, uh, how we were going to engage with it. I was praying for our nation that there would be unity rather than division. It's uh, praying for God's peace to come, for unity and for restoration. Those were the things that I was feeling. Even in just the few hours since the result had been made clear, those were the things that I was feeling to pray for. As I did so and as I was walking around, I felt like I should change what I was going to speak on this morning. Uh, I've never had that happen before, uh, but I really felt that actually this was something we needed to give a bit more time to. I want to allow us not to rush on too quickly and not to brush over too quickly what is going on. And it's, this, this has kind of been building over the last few months. There's been a lot of debate, there's been a lot of discussion over months and months, and now it's kind of the results have come in. It, it's the expression of that. And I think actually we need to not rush on too quick because there's a lot that's been going on. And it's obviously had a very uh, deep impact on our nation. So this morning I, I want to share what God was speaking to me about as I walked and prayed. Uh, I was also keeping an eye on what people were saying and the things that were going on, particularly through Twitter. Uh, and I've got three areas really of focus that I felt God was speaking to me about and challenging me on. But I thought if they're challenging for me, maybe they'll be helpful to, to share with with you all as well. If you've looked at your notices, uh, the graphic that Steph has produced for this morning will actually tell you what the three areas of focus are, but we'll, we'll come to each of those in turn. Then what we're going to do is we're going to pray together as a family, regardless of which way you voted, it doesn't matter, we're going to gather together as family to pray, and we're going to pray for our nation. 
But before we do that, I just, there's a few things I want to share just for you to have in the back of your mind uh, so that whatever, I, whatever else I go on to say, you're, you're aware kind of, of, of what the position I'm coming from and where I'm coming from. I wouldn't normally share how I voted. Uh, I'm not someone that really would go around telling people, but I feel that it's important for me to let you know, just so there's a level of transparency here in terms of me sharing what God's been speaking to me about. I think it would be helpful for you just to be aware of where I'm at with things and the situation that God was speaking to me in. I was one that voted to remain. I wanted us to stay in the EU. And I think it's just helpful for you to know that. So in terms of me sharing what God's... That's the position I was in for, for God speaking to me through this. The other thing I want to say is I believe totally believe that with regards to politics the church should not shy away it's not something that we should think is separate uh, I think that we sh Christians and the church should be ever more at the forefront of politics actually as far as I'm concerned at all levels of society and politics Christians should get informed should get involved they should be the ones that are pressing and driving for change and it's my conviction my hope and my prayer that we see more and more followers of Jesus in government and positions of leadership and responsibility and authority okay so that's very that's very much where where my heart is the final thing i want to say uh in, in this kind of section is that i'm going to be referring to and reading a lot of scriptures this morning perhaps more than i normally would in a in a, a any other kind of setting or sermon and i'm doing this very deliberately the reason is because we need to have our foundations built upon the word of god rather than on the opinions and the voices that we're hearing around at the moment. So we need to come back to what the Word of God says. And it's almost, I feel like, a realigning or a resetting of our eyes on actually let's get focused on what God would say. Uh, I want Scripture's voice to be the one we hear over the media's voice because there's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to be hearing over the coming weeks. So one of the, one of the, the things I'd seen on Twitter... There was a, a conference going on. Another one of the New Frontiers kind of families of churches were having a conference. Uh, and on Friday, the person that was speaking, they said this, and this was tweeted out. They said, at a time of national unease, it's time for us as Christians to stand up because we belong to an unshakable kingdom. This is the first thing I felt God say to me that I want to share with you is, first and foremost, we belong to the kingdom of God. First and foremost, we belong to the kingdom of God. Mike Betts, who hopefully you're all aware of now, uh, who heads up the Relational Mission family of churches, in the run-up to, um, run to, to the referendum, he said, whether it's in or out today, the church should live as in, not of. What he was referring to was Jesus' prayer in John 17, when Jesus is praying for his disciples, where Jesus praying to his father, he says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And really, this is actually the context of our exile series of 1 Peter. It's this understanding that actually followers of Jesus are first and foremost, they're citizens of heaven. They live their lives under the rule and reign of God, first and foremost. So our citizenship, our identity is founded in who we are in Christ, rather than where we live or what communities we're a part of. First and foremost, citizens of heaven. So we are not of the world, although we still live in the, the nations and the communities that we do. Regardless of the result, whether in or out, Christians 
followers of Jesus, remember this, you should live as in the world, but not of the world. You're of a different kingdom. There's a prevailing sense of uncertainty now, I believe, in the EU. No one's quite sure what that's going to mean. No one's quite sure what that's going to look like. The only way we're going to know is when we look back. Only time will tell whether this was a good decision or not. Likewise, that would have been the same situation as if we'd voted to, to remain. Only time would, would, have, would tell if that was the right decision as well. There's no way of us knowing. Whatever way the, the vote would have swung, there would still have been a level of uncertainty in terms of how things would look moving forward. But as Christians, as believers, we live in certainty. The songs that were chosen already, excellent choices, because it was just about security and confidence and certainty in who our Saviour is and in who uh, he has made us to be. We are people that we can be certain, and we can be certain in the kingdom of God and of our citizenship there. Even in the midst of division in our nation and even in the midst of confusion, disappointment, or maybe even excitement, um, we have certainty in the kingdom of God. Jesus has established his rule. His government is an everlasting kingdom. He is not bound by borders. He is not bound by legislation. Jesus is never up for re-election. He's never up for re-election. Isaiah 9, uh, the prophet Isaiah prophesying about the saviour that was to come. He said this, he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it, with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This kingdom we belong to is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Says Hebrews 12, 28. This kingdom we belong to is not of this world. John 18, 36. This kingdom we belong to is of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 14, 17. This kingdom we belong to is a kingdom of healing, restoration, freedom, grace and love. This kingdom unites all generations, cultures, classes and race. That is the kingdom of God. Our identity is as citizens of this kingdom that I've just described. That's where your identity lies. Your identity is not found in whether you voted to remain or to leave. I think for some people that's where they've placed their identity, which is why it's so painful and why it's showing up in the way that it is. Our identity as believers is in our our identity is in being citizens to the kingdom of God. That's where we belong. You are part of God's tribe. One new man in Christ. There was a lot of thunderstorms in the run-up to, to, to the voting. I think it was, like for the, it was over a couple of days. Really heavy thunderstorms. And uh, I was talking to Steph about this. And for Steph, thunderstorms and uh, storms remind her of the power of God. This sense of actually we're not in control. There's a lot out there that we don't understand that makes us feel very... It kind of helps us get our, our focus on actually quite how, how small we are. Not in a value way, but just in a sense of actually we're, you know, we're, we're quite small in, in, in the much bigger picture. And for Steph, 
for her going to vote, she felt that actually whatever way I vote and whatever the outcome of this, I know God is in control. For her, it, was just a, it just reminded her, God is in control. I'm going to say this now. I'm not being a pessimist, I'm going to say this now. Brexit cannot save this nation. It can't. Remain would not have saved this nation. There's no way that it could. I read yesterday, someone saying that before the vote and after the vote, God is still God and the gospel is still true. A few weeks ago, Luke was speaking on 1 Peter 2. Uh, Actually, the timing of it was excellent. It was about how we, regarding submission to authority, how we're to be as Christians in submitting to those who have uh, authority over us. And verses 13 to 14 of that chapter, um, this guy called Juan Sanchez, we've actually quoted him quite a lot over this, over the, the Exile series. He says this, he says, let's not deceive ourselves into thinking that if we just get the right candidate in the office, we can have heaven on earth, or that the wrong candidate will bring about the opposite. There's only one new heavens and earth. There's only one heavenly king. His rule isn't subject to a majority vote. We worship him alone, and we hope in him alone. We belong to an unshakable kingdom. This is a time, if ever there was a time, for us as the church to stand up, to talk about this kingdom, Not just to talk about this kingdom, but to demonstrate this kingdom as well. There's a nation out there wider than that, wider than the nation. There's a world out there that needs to know this gospel. That needs to know about this kingdom. So let's, with good conscience, with grace, by all means, let's discuss and debate the referendum. But doing it from from a good place. But much more than that, more than we talk about and debate the referendum. Let's talk about the wonder of the gospel much more. What I would love is for people's Facebook feeds, for people's Twitter feeds, to be weighted more speaking about what the gospel is about and the hope and wonder of the gospel than about the referendum. We need to have a, a bit more of a balanced uh, thing, of, but actually speaking more and more about the wonder of the gospel. Because this will change the world far more than remaining or leaving. The gospel is the hope for the world. It's far wider reaching, far more powerful. Second thing I felt God was saying was, actually, we, as a church, we need to stand united and not divided at this time. We need to stand united and not divided. Brothers and sisters, whether you voted to leave, whether you voted to, to remain, whether you didn't vote, we are still united in Christ. We were united in Christ before this referendum, we're united in, united in Christ this side of it. We are still family. Godly men and women voted out. Godly men and women voted in. We are still united in Christ. There are things that we can disagree on. Absolutely. There are things that we will disagree on. But we must disagree well, seeking and maintaining unity through all things. Unity doesn't ignore what's going on. It doesn't ignore disagreements or offences or hurts. Actually, scripture is very real. It says offences and hurts and disagreements within the body of Christ will go on. But actually, there's a way to work it out and there's a way to work it out well. And that is the encouragement through scripture. Actually, don't let these things stand. 
deal with them, deal with them well, move on with one another in love. To ignore disagreements and offences, it means it keeps them hidden. Where things are hidden, then resentment and bitterness can take root. That is not helpful. Actually, that's, that's very destructive. So I'll encourage you, if you want to be having debates about this and, having, uh, and sharing your opinion on it, by all means, please do. But do it in a way that is seeking unity, that is doing it in a way that is full of grace, full of respect, and, and full of humility. I read yesterday, again, that we've got to build unity. This person said, we've got to build unity in the transparency of disagreement. So we can build unity knowing that disagreement is there, but actually dealing with it. And we do that prayerfully, and we do it practically. Philippians 2.2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and one mind. 1 Peter 3 verse 8, finally all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Romans 15.5, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's very evident from the scriptures that it's God's intention for us as a, as a family together, as a body of believers together, to be seeking unity, to be seeking harmony, to be seeking togetherness. Whatever is going on, we need to be seeking unity and harmony. So let's build unity from a place of love. Let that be our motivation. Uh, love for one another over love for our opinions. It's got to be. Love for one another over love for your point of view. Love for one another over winning an argument. I've heard this said before in different contexts. I think it's very helpful. In winning an argument, don't lose the person. It's much more important to win the person than to win an argument, I would say. 1 Corinthians 13.7 tells us that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love believes the best of others and it hopes the best for them. So I hope that for us, whatever, however we voted, whatever our opinions and thoughts now, whatever emotions we're feeling now, actually we're going to believe the best of others, we're going to hope the best of others as well, because that is what, what God is calling us to do. But I think this attitude of unity and love isn't just to be kept within the church. This nation is divided, there's a lot of people on both sides uh, in a lot of anguish, a lot of pain, uh, confusion uncertainty actually the love and unity we show here needs to spill out it has to spill out we're the ones we've just been talking about we are of an unshakable kingdom there's a nation that's full of uncertainty we are in the best position actually to bring people together to bring unity to bring restoration there's a guy named joshua luke smith he's a poet and he put something again on Twitter. It's not a poem, but he, this is what he felt to share. He says that the full expression of our humanity was not revealed in which box we ticked on Thursday, but it will be in how we love today. Whether you woke in grief or celebration, do not let this decision be fuel for anger towards your neighbour, division within your family, or hate for those with whom you disagree. Look out for the isolated, the lonely, and the afraid. <coughs> we are human and we are far more fragile than we think. What's done is done. But today, hold fast to hope and stand firm in love. 
So we need to stand united, not divided. And the, the third thing I felt was this, was pray. God is calling us to pray. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So we've got this call to prayer to hear from Paul. And this call to prayer comes at the end of a passage of Scripture which details the armour of God. Uh, It details our armoury for the Christian life and spiritual warfare. So he lists all these things and then it kind of culminates with this. In all things, be praying in the Spirit. Prayer is a most powerful resource for us as believers. In all situations, at all times, we must pray. Not just when things reach crisis point. And this is much, I'm thinking here, much wider than just the situation we find ourselves in at the moment. Whatever we're going through, in all things, be praying. That should be our default place we go to first. Often it can be the place we go to last, almost as a last resort. We need to get a change, I think, there in, in the way that we think. In all things, at all times in the spirit, we need to be praying. Because it is, it, it's the most powerful if you can call it a resource, the most powerful resource that we have uh, in our armory. So who and what should we be praying for at this time? We should be praying for those, including ourselves, who are feeling anxious, could be feeling anxious about the future, not quite sure how things are going to go. Philippians 4.6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you do that, it says this, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you're feeling anxious, there's a promise here. If you're feeling anxious, take it to God, and as you do so, he'll give you peace through the situation. But it also says, I don't know if you picked up on this, it says, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Even in the midst of confusion, even in the midst of division and high emotion, and even in the midst of feeling anxious, we still need to be those that are giving thanks to God for who he is and for what he's done. There are so many things that we can give thanks to him for. We need to be praying for our nation. I think we need to be praying for peace, for healing, restoration, understanding and love. I think it's only God that can give these things. We, we, can, we can give them and demonstrate them as a church. But in terms of the healing process for the nation, it's got to be a work of God. And a work of the Holy Spirit that brings this about. There's a lot of fear, I think, that's currently being expressed. I don't, as I said already, I don't think it's always being expressed very well. In fact, I think sometimes it's being expressed incredibly badly. But there's an antidote to fear. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So we need to be praying for God's love, for the love of the church, uh, to be to be working actually to combat uh, and take this fear head on so we need to pray for for those who are anxious we need to pray for our nation we need to pray for our governments and leaders as they lead us through this next stage there's a lot of decisions that will have to be made in terms of personnel uh, and in terms of legislation and, and bureaucracy and paperwork and all of those things we need to pray for them they need whether they know it or not they need us to be praying for them they need god's wisdom they need god's leading through this time. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 2. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings, is that word again, thanksgivings, be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, 
that we might lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of our Saviour who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Who wants to lead a peaceful and quiet life that is godly and dignified? I do. If you want that kind of a life, then you need to be praying for your leaders. Whether you agree with their politics, uh, we need to be praying for them, and we need to be thanking God for them, and we need to be asking for God's wisdom, God's grace, and God's leading for them. And I love that it talks about praying for those in high positions, that we might live a peaceful life, but overall it's God's desire that all people will get saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Do you know that, that there, there is actually, in us praying for our leaders, there is opportunity and scope for people to come to be saved. Is how I would read that as it follows on through there. It's a big, big deal and, and that we can be doing. So just got one other area I think we, we want to be praying into. Can I ask the band to come up? And I'm just going to hand over in just a moment. So we're going to pray for those who are feeling anxious. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for our government and our leaders. And we're going to pray for God's kingdom to come. Matthew 6 verse 9. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. He's teaching us how to pray. As far as I can see, this is... He touches on the areas of actually these are the these are the the daily things that we need to be praying for, not just in the one-off moments, not just in the moments of crisis, but every day. And and Jesus says this is how we start. This is the priority that we need to be praying with before we get on to ask for our daily bread, our daily needs stuff. We pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then what comes next? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need, we need God's kingdom to come. We've spoken already, we are citizens of this kingdom. We can share this kingdom. We can demonstrate and express this kingdom. We need God's kingdom to come. It's the only secure kingdom. It's the only everlasting kingdom. It's the only unshakable kingdom. It's the only kingdom of healing and freedom and restoration and love. It's the only kingdom that unites Uh, generations and cultures and classes and races we need that kingdom to come and we need to ask God to bring it so we're going to pray we're going to pray together as a family into some of these areas Mike uh, and Steph and Lou are going to lead us in that in just a moment but we're going to be led in some worship Uh, we're going to we're going to sing one song and then we're going to pray the reason we're not going straight into praying is this is because I want our prayers to come out of worship and thanksgiving I want us to get our eyes fixed back on on God. I want us to come back to a place of worship and celebration and thanksgiving. And then from that place, that's where we're going to pray for for our nation and and for for our government and our leaders. So may you stand if you're able. That would be excellent. Let's get ourselves right back into worshiping and praising our God. And then Mike, Steph and Lou are going to lead us from there.